brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to the show, everybody. Okay, uh, we're going to be doing a show, and it's kind of interesting because it's uh, it's an alternative to mental health drugs is what we're going to talk about. Mental health medication. A lot of people have a lot of preconceived notions about medication and they have a lot of ideas of not wanting to be on it or even bad experiences where they uh, may have got on or got on off the wrong medication. And so we're going to talk about alternatives because these days there are tons and tons of effective uh, alternatives. We're going to talk more about supplements, but we're also going to talk about uh, techniques and other things with uh, stimulators and, and with magnetic uh, 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 work that is being done to actually enhance if you're on medication currently or actually be the treatment. And so I have had enormous success with uh, a, a electronic stimulator by Fisher Wallace. I lease those through my practice because um, it helps enormously. We'll talk about the stimulator late, uh, later, but the main, you know, mainstream psychiatry is becoming more biology-based in practice, and today a lot of people end up with medication as a major form of their treatment. And the problem with this, some say, is that psychiatric medication is dangerous, overprescribed, and in some cases it truly is. You know, alternative medicine can offer other therapeutic approaches for people who are against uh, biological psychiatry. But here's what the deal is. You really need to understand this one thing. If you are in a moderate to severe depression or in any kind of disorder, you really do want to turn to medication to assist you and then therapy to assist you so you can change your thoughts and you can help yourself. So if you look at this as your main form of treatment, uh, it may not be, all of this may not be as effective as a, a proper medication with the right dosage rate that is managed and, and watched on a consistent basis to help you. Um, not all mental health medications are meant to uh, be, be on for the rest of your life. Major depressive disorder is six months to a year is what they're hoping for, uh, for you to wean off slowly. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Now, what you know, we have to look, what is alternative medicine when applied to mental illness? And this is a very strong question. The alternative methods of treatment for various types of mental uh, illnesses includes almost 300 different therapies in, in this growing field. And when we talk about therapies, what we're talking about is things like acupuncture, nutrition, spiritual activities, massage, yoga, chiropractic, uh, Reiki, counseling, um, mind-body medicine, such as uh, and it, which is an ancient medical system from India, homeopathic medicine, reflexology, oxygen therapy, um, chelation, um, mental toxicity, biofeedback, imagery, self-hypnosis, meditation, therapeutic touch, correction of uh, metabolic or hormonal deficiencies, macrobiotics, or a more natural organic-free diet. Even eye movement sensitization reprocessing is something, and I do that, and it works extremely well. 
you know, how is the average person able to navigate the maze of alternative treatments and claims? Fortunately, psychiatry and alternative therapies really don't have uh, to be either or choices. The term integrative psychiatry describes a combined medical alternative approach to psychiatry. It's, it's a healing-oriented psychiatry that takes account for the whole person, body, mind, spirit, and, and it emphasizes the therapeutic relationship and makes use of all of the types of therapies available, both conventional and alternative. So most integrative psychiatrists use alternative medicine as an adjunct to psychiatric medications. And, and these specialists are available for guidance in, in which alternative treatments might best fit an individual's need. Um, osteopathic psychiatrists also offer alternative therapies along the lines of mind-body healing. And say they, they use a structural diagnosis and a manipulative therapy in addition to all other traditional forms of diagnosis and treatment. You know, integrative psychiatry is a very holistic approach and, and it's, it's, it's conventional and it's alternative. And, uh, you know, personalized treatments are typically developed by the uh, practitioner to suit the person's lifestyle and needs. But most integrative uh, psychology practitioners um, uh, agree in a a contraindication for individuals with active suicidal thoughts or psychosis who require more intensive level of psychiatry should not be strictly just taking alternative medications. They really do need to take true psychiatric medications to assist them. And, uh, you know, these kind of psychiatrists are attuned to a whole lot of dimension, uh, dimensions that affect emotional stress and wellness. And those include physical, emotional, interpersonal, behavioral, nutritional, environmental, and spiritual elements. You know, the, if you want to find a uh, si- uh, integrative psychi- um, psychiatry practitioner, all you have to do is get on the internet or get in your phone book and get on a search engine and look for them because they're out there. Now, what is a complementary alternative medications? Well, while some uh, activities like exercise are good for everyone who is physically able to do them and have no uh, uncontrollable side effects, you know, exercise is one of the best things you could possibly do for the brain, which is a muscle, and it needs to have that cardio uh, every single day if you can possibly do it to make it be fresh and, 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 and strong, you know. Um, the decisions faced by people coping with serious mental health conditions involve trade-offs sometimes. And so when you look at complementary alternative medications, sometimes there's trade-offs between the regular medication and the uh, alternative medications or supplements, which assist and and hopefully cut down on the, the amount of actual uh, medication, prescribed medication that you need. So, you know, there's some uh, natural products and agents that you could actually get at Walmart. Uh, One is St. John's Wort, uh, and that is for mild or moderate depression. The things about St. John's Wort is, though, if you go out in the sun, you're going to get burnt because it it takes down the ability for your skin to protect itself. You're you're much more susceptible to being burnt by the sun uh, if you take St. John's Wort, but it does help with mild to moderate depression. Also, ginkgo balboa is, is for mild cognitive impairment and dementia. Uh, kava is really good for anxiety and stress. And uh, uh, valerian, 
which uh, is for sleep disorders. It's very helpful. Uh, SAMe is really, which is called uh, methamine, it is uh, meant for depression. And by the way, I'm going to be covering a whole lot of different terminology that's somewhat Latin-based, and so you got to hang with me here on that because I may not uh, totally pronounce everything just correctly. Uh, folate and uh, tryptophan to enhance the effectiveness of conventional antidepressants. So they can actually enhance the medication you might be taking for depression. Also, omega-3, uh, omega which is uh, fatty acids, for mood stabilization. It's basically fish oil. But you want to make sure it's an effective um, omega-3. You don't want to get just junk. You want to get really good uh, um, uh, polyunsaturated fatty acids. You know, but dealing with clinically diagnosed uh, vitamin deficiency should be also differentiated from self-prescribed uh, vitamin therapy, especially megavitamin therapy, because the absence of evidence for all these treatments could change with more uh, targeted choices. Also, chromium is for atypical depression. Um, Inositol is for depression and, and panic disorder. Once again, this is stuff you can get at Walmart. Melatonin is for jet lag and sleep disorders. And uh, the tryptophan, which I mentioned earlier, and HTV5, monotherapy for anxiety and depression. And what is HTP5? Well, it's serotonin. If you took St. John's Wort and uh, HTP5, that is serotonin and dopamine, and both of those would effectively... Uh, raise your ability to, to battle depression. The problem is they don't have neuroblockers like medication does, like an antidepressant, to take it exactly where it needs to go so you get more of a shotgun effect, which means it metabolizes quicker uh, than a regular medication might do. Uh, rhodiola, which is uh, good for stress, for mild and moderate depression, and, and a uh, possible neuroprotectant. Also, SAMe, which I mentioned earlier, is a neuroprotectant, uh, omega-3. So when we're talking about a neuroprotectant, you're, you're wanting to not go into Alzheimer's or dementia. You're trying to preserve the neurotransmission you currently have. And so you, it basically adds to the ability for the brain to, to connect to your logical prefrontal cortex. So when you use a neuroprotectant, it stabilizes moods because it's adding to your logical highways that go to that prefrontal cortex cortex. Um, also, energy medicine, and you want to make sure it's FDA approved or FDA grandfathered. You know, also, obviously, yoga, meditation, even prayer can help you in responding to, to massive uh, disasters or trauma or even depression because they truly assist you. And also DHEA, we're going to go into that a little bit later because there's a lot of cautions that are around stuff like that. Now, what mood stabilizers are medications used out of uh, for people that have mood swings? There's a lot of folks like with schizophrenia, with bipolar, with some manic depressions, panic attacks. Some people have enormous mood swings, and uh, it's often the bipolar, bipolar 1, which is the more lighter version. That person can usually hold up a job. And then there's, uh, a, excuse me, bipolar 2, and then there's bipolar 1s that are the most uh, 
critical because they usually can't work at all because they go through so many manic pockets. You know, all mood stabilizers treat mania and hypomania. Hypo is the lesser form of mania. And some have been found to be effective in treating depression also. So, the you know, the first mood st- stabilizer discovered was lithium. And that's a, a naturally occurring substance. Other mood stabilizers that are currently used were originally developed to treat seizures such as epilepsy and those are also those are called anticonvulsants and acute episodes of mania result in psychosis in as many as two-thirds of those with bipolar disorder thus you know antipsychotics are used frequently in treating bipolar symptoms they are also often used to, to uh, decrease symptoms of mania until mood stabil- until mood stabilizers such as those listed above can take effect and in some cases uh, these may be used for long-term maintenance uh, or stability so anti-anxiety drugs in a class called Benzodiazepines are sometimes used to gain rapid control of manic symptoms so that mood stabilizers have time to take effect. And so they they are usually our central nervous system depressants. And so they kind of take down your ability to have anxiety. So it never hurts to actually uh, deal with and have. Uh, an an, something that is an anti-anxiety drug or a mood stabilizer, especially if you're bipolar. But there's things you can do and things you can take that will help you stabilize moods. Now, I just mentioned several of those earlier. So, But at Living Well, if you want to deal with mood stabilizations, you really want to do a few things for yourself to help yourself. Number one, you want to connect with other people because people who feel connected are happier and healthier. They live longer. And people who are bipolar who stay connected usually are able to uh, manage their manic features a little bit more because they have more people watching them. The other thing is you want to stay positive. You know, people who regularly focus on the positive in their lives are less upset about painful memories. You also want to get physically active if you want to stabilize moods. That is huge. Exercise can help relieve insomnia and reduce depression. 20 minutes of cardio a day, 20 minutes is 60% of an antidepressant. And that's the dopamine and serotonin we need to bring our brains up and make us be able to fight these uh, genetic disorders that have thought-based problems to them. We also, helping others. You know, people who consistently help uh, others experience less depression, greater calm, and fewer pains. And getting enough sleep, you know, not enough rest increases your risk of weight gain, accidents, mania, depression, reduced memory, heart problems. Also, you want to create joy and satisfaction in your life. Positive emotions can boost your ability to bounce back from stress. Eating well, you know, if you eat healthy food and regular meals, that will increase your energy, lower the risk of developing certain diseases, and it always, always, always influences your mood. If you can take care of your soul, you know, people who have strong spiritual lives may be healthier and live longer. Spirituality seems to cut out stress and contribute to the prevention of disease. You know, when we live a faith-based life, we are going to live a lot longer unless we've got some major predisposition uh, like cancer or heart disease that is just pervasive. But the bottom line is, if you take care of yourself and you believe in faith, whether it's faith in religion, faith in yourself, or faith just in all aspects of your life, 
you're not going to live in fear. People who live in fear are stressed out. Stress will trigger your death instantly. Is When your brain gets tired of dealing with stress, whatever the vehicle is to get you out of this life, it will turn that gene on and it will activate it because your brain gets tired and it, it just turns on your exit strategy. So you want to take care of yourself. You want to deal better with hard times. People who t- tackle problems, get support in tough situations, tend to feel less depressed. Also, if you want to get counseling if you need it. Now, let's look at dementia. Dementia, citocoline is known as CDP choline. And it's a uh, uh, psychostimulant nootropic. And it is a, uh, a natural a constituent of the brain chemistry. So you're not taking a foreign substance. And it's been used for several years outside of the United States to treat uh, uh, um, disorders that affect the blood and the brain, including stroke. And it has been studied for the cognitive impairment and dementia. So mental health implications, you know, the mental health, coli, uh, CDP, choline, are almost exclusively for neuroprotection. And that is one of the major things that prevents dementia. And if you have that in your family, it would never hurt to uh, 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 help yourself getting that, treating that vascular dementia because that's that narrowing of those blood pathways. Your brain carries 30%, if not 33% of your blood supply. And so the deal is you always want to do good things for your blood. Uh, that goes into that brain because if you can put something in there that helps your your uh, brain uh, protect that neurotraffic, you're obviously going to be a more thought-based person and a less emotion-based person. So it, it will help you enormously. You know, it's not been used to treat stroke, dementia, and brain injury, but it has been used to treat stroke, dementia, and brain injury in Europe and Japan, and it crosses the, the blood-brain barrier. And it breaks down into components useful for brain health. So CD, uh, H-coline, or CDP choline is incorporated into the membrane uh, of the, the brain's structure. And it improves the metabolism and synthesis and elevates the, the, the dopamine and the serotonin. And it's been long, long thought of as basically a brain toxic. All right, we're going to talk about more, and I know it's some, some of it's dry material, but this is all helpful if you ever struggle from any type of psychological disorder. We're going to come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Get 
inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning Healthy Living Power Hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're going to be talking about uh, alternatives to mental health medication, and that's what we're talking about right now. If you look at chromium, chromium... Uh, is really good for atypical depression. Although studies are mixed, uh, two of the three sources, the main sources of study, mention that chromium uh, affirms its antidepressant activity in atypical depression. Uh, And this is a condition that's characterized by an increased appetite, uh, excessive hunger, abnormally large intake of, of solids, uh, uh, carbohydrate cravings, among other clinical features. So it primarily affects your diet. And so that form of depression is called an atypical depression. You know, that third source, that third study, judges uh, chromium treatment to be promising, but it doesn't it really uh, validate it. So there are two very solid studies that say it's very good. Now, also drug interactions. Chromium sh- uh, use should be coordinated with a prescribing prescription uh, or uh, physician. And, and since chromium may lower insulin resistance, people taking Oral drugs for diabetes or, or the using insulin should closely monitor their insulin levels if they're going to use chromium. You know, people taking beta blockers may experience higher HDL uh, uh, cholesterol levels and increases in blood pressure uh, when taking chromium. So there are some interactions that can possibly happen if you take chromium. According to national standard, chromium appears to be well tolerated with rare or uncommon adverse effects. And the most commonly reported side effects with chromium um, use is uh, uh, initially it's insomnia, increased in vivid dreams, uh, tremors, mild psychomotor uh, act- activation, some stomach discomfort or nausea, maybe even vomiting. And, and given the risk of cycling, caution should be used in people who have uh, a bipolar disorder. So chromium is not for everybody, but it is really good for people that have atypical depression, which is primarily an increase in appetite and an excessive hunger very large intake of, of, of solid food and also kybra, uh, uh, carbohydrate um, cravings. It is uh, widely used as a nutritional supplement, chromium, 
and it's marketed for a wide range of applications and uh, estimated sales of, of chromium supplements in the U.S. amounted to about 85 million and that was 15 years ago. So at this point, it's it's huge and, uh, you know, it's the recent clinical experimentation studies have reported antidepressant activity for chromium, particularly atypical depression. And, and once again, that will treat it. It will help knock that thing out. Now, what is DHEA for bipolar depression? It is a um, natural steroid produced in the adrenal glands and the gonads and the brain. And it is the most absorbent uh, circulating steroid in all humans. A form of DHA is uh, a seven Cato DHA, which which is a, a a claim to have fewer side effects. So what we know, DHA is involved in a range of biological effects that may cause some problem, uh, problematic hormonal side effects. The newer form, which is seven Cato DHA. EA may be safer, but research is still uh, in effect at this time, and there aren't any solid outcomes to point at. But DHA supplementation may help with depression. It also has a long list of potential side effects and drug interactions if it's taken just as DHEA. Um, so you, you want to be very cautious about that. Also, it's very good, though, for mood disorders. You know, not only two of the four sources that discuss uh, DHEA are unambiguous and supporting its use for treatment. That means they are very, very uh, stand behind it. And most sources don't mention uh, DEHA uh, for depression, but every source of research has pointed out that it does help with depression. Now, with bio- bipolar disorder, DHEA should be used with caution. And in lower doses in people with bipolar, because DHEA may exacerbate mania, irritability, and aggression if it's taken at the wrong dosage level. So it should be something that you take with a psychiatrist or a physician's assistant. Do not, do not just straight up take it all on your own without consulting. Uh, PTSD, case reports showing promising possibilities with uh, with the effects of 7-CATO-DHEA, which is the newer form of DHEA, the newer, hopefully more safer, but once again, not all research has confirmed that it is safer. Also, with schizophrenia, it can assist. Two trials of DHEA treatment in people with schizophrenia showed a reduction in their negative symptoms, and experts theorized that there may be a deeper connection but there isn't enough research to show DHEA is particularly promising uh, for it. Now, with cognitive, recent trials do not support the use of DH uh, neuro as for a neuroprotection. It doesn't really offer you that. And also, uh, the 7-CATO DHEA is a byproduct of DHEA, but unlike DHEA, 7-CATO DHEA is not converted to uh, steroid hormones such as uh, androgen and estrogen. So taking a 7-CATO DHEA by mouth or applying it to the skin does not increase the level of steroid hormones in the blood. So thus, it it deserves more studies because it could be much more effective with less side effects. And so... um, 
it, you know, if you're considering taking it, DHEA or 7-Cato-DHEA, you should definitely consult with your practitioner. Now, uh, interactions include potential interference with uh, other steroids, uh, psychotropic drugs such as uh, clozapine, uh, medications and herbs that affect blood sugar levels, um, hormone replacement therapy, not a good thing to have DHEA there. Also, heart medications or herbs that alter heart rhythms, you don't want to take DHEA. So, any, any medication that may increase DHEA level, including growth hormones or uh, a praslam, uh, which is Xanax, or antipsychotics or painkillers, as well uh, as supplements of chromium. If you're doing any of that, you really need to consult with your physician. Now, what is this cranial electrotherapy stimulation? It's called CES for substance use, rehabilitation, for depression, for anxiety, and sleep disorders. Now, like I said, I actually lease stimulants uh, made by St- uh, Fisher Wallace, but you can go buy them. It's about $700, which is expensive. But the deal is if you do it 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening, what happens is that electrostimulant, it's pre-programmed for 20 minutes, and it's two AA batteries is basically all you need. You can strap it to your belt. You plug it in the black and plug it in the, the red. You put it on your head, and you do your chores. You do whatever you normally do. Yes, you look a little weird wearing it because it's two wet sponges held by a headband that are attached to the stimulator, which is an electrostimulator. Very mild current. You don't even feel it. But the deal is, unless you put it in the wrong place, but the deal is that stimulant just blows out serotonin and dopamine and it makes your brain manufacture tons of it. And so during that 20 minutes, your brain is giving you a whole day's top supply of dopamine and serotonin. And if you're taking medication, wow, you're going to have a great day. The next thing is in the evening it also blows out a lot of dopamine and serotonin and that is meant to gear you up to go to sleep so you sleep deeper and sleep longer without the insomnia. So uh, crano electrotherapy is FDA approved by the way and it affects and it helps with depression, anxiety, sleep disorders. Those are the big ones. Also pain medication, if you're dealing with pain, it also assists you with chronic pain. And it's also, uh, it's focused on people recovering from substance use conditions, such as, uh, and also, uh, it also has benefits for ADHD, obsessive compulsive disorder, post-traumatic disorder, cognitive dysfunctions, traumatic brain injury, pain, enhancing attention and concentration, and also decreasing uh, assaultative behavior, which means aggressive, irritable behavior. And uh, it's, and I've already done, I've done it myself, and it's really cool. Um, and it does help. It does help enormously. Um, you know, the side effects. Yet there's caution uh, if you're pregnant. Uh, lactation seems to not to be an issue with it, and also differential effects on children remain to be tested. But persons with bipolar disorder need to be cautious since use of it could worsen the condition because most of that has to do with destabilization and it could also affect uh, seizures, which bipolar has some seizure type uh, uh, flavor to it. So, you know, you want to be careful, but there is enormous amount of uh, research. And once again, uh, electro 
uh, cranial electrotherapy stimulation, CES, is a wonderful, wonderful treatment to add to if you're currently taking an antidepressant. Now, transcranial magnetic stimulation, it's called TMS, is really good for depression. And there are a lot of clinics that actually do this. And a lot of people can get knocked out of their depression fairly quickly with this magnetic stimulation. Now, by the way, the people that I, when I was talking about the electro, cranial electro, um, you, t- you do that for 20 minutes in the, in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening for about two weeks. And then you just do it as you see fit. Um, it is uh, the TMS is also FDA approved for treatment of depression since 2008, and, and it's been approved also in Europe and Canada and Australia. Um, you know, other promising areas of research include treating uh, negative symptoms of schizophrenia. However, TMS is uh, expensive compared to CES, and, and uh, you know, seriousness and questions of of its efficacy have been out there for when they try to get out beyond depression and treating depression. There is no drug interactions with or side effects, just as the same with cranial uh, electric stimulation. But this magnetic stimulation uh, is a single pulse stimulation. It's considered safer than repetitive uh, uh, types of behavior uh, or of uh, treatment. However, in rare cases, seizures may follow single pulse TMS stimulation in people with a stroke or other disorders involving the central nervous system. So RTMS has been reported to cause seizures. RTMS is a repetitive TMS. We're talking about a single magnetic stimulation, which these clinics often do. Now, the conclusion of doing this, and once again, there's tons of clinics out there with TMS, transcranial magnetic stimulation. Get on the internet, check it out. You know, the conclusions is promising, but yet not yet proven. It's uh, given it has minimal side effects. It is a reasonable choice of other treatments to, that, that prove ineffective or are poorly tolerated. It can, it can be divided into two types depending on the mode. It's a single or a paired pulse TMS. And it, it causes the neurons and the neural cortex under the site of stimulation to depolarize and discharge an action potential. And so the repetitive uh, TMS, RTMS, produces longer-lasting effects which persist past the initial period of stimulation. So RTMS can increase or decrease the excitability of the, um, of, of, of the tract that carries your neurons. And so the me- uh, mechanism of these effects is not clear, although it's widely believed and that, that, uh, to reflect changes in your synaptic ef- efficacy and in long-term uh, potential and in uh, um, of depression. So if you have a long-term depression, this thing can knock you out of it. And that's really cool for that kind of treatment. That's why there's so many clinics, uh, TMS clinics. And once again, no side effects. But if you have strokes, if you have uh, any kind of bipolarness to you, not a good treatment. Not a good treatment for that. If it's straight depression, then we're in a good, you're in a good place with this type of treatment. So um, this thing produces long-term good results to help people with depression, and it's also very good with interacting with antidepressants if that's what you're currently taking. Now, there's another thing that you can take, and it's called folate. 
And folate is for depression and to enhance your, your effectiveness of your antidepressants. And it's also possibly a neuroprotectin. Folate is also known as folic acid or vitamin B9. And it is an important nutrient present in uh, leafy green vegetables, in fortified grain products, and low foliate uh, levels have been associated with depression and dementia in some studies. So these studies need to be updated to take account for the widespread use of uh, fortified grain products and uh, and B vitamin supplements that have been very uh, promising and a lot of people are taking much more aggressively these days. But the issues with folate, it's easily inactivated by cooking and processed food. So folate levels may be affected by many other factors, including uh, chronic disease, disabilities, and other metabolistic problems, cancer, smoking, alcohol use, poor diet, medications, and mood stabilizers. You know, uh, low dopa, if you take statins, oral uh, anti-diabetic drugs, cancer, chemotherapy, all of those will affect whether folate is going to metabolize straight out of your body or if it's going to be effective at all. So, uh, you know, the efficacy is, um, if you looked at this thing, it's, it's, it's effective in an adjunct therapy with, with, and that means alongside of therapy, with psychotropic drugs and a standalone treatment for both men, men and women in reducing depressive symptoms. And this is, once again, folic acid, folate, reduces depressive symptoms in people with normal to low folate levels. It improves cognitive function and reduces depressive symptoms in elderly people with folate deficiency, which many uh, uh, older people do not get enough folic acid. That's why they have the, the 50 and over vitamins now, multivitamins out there, because it adds more folic acid for the elderly. It also reduces depressive and other symptoms in people with depression and alcoholism. The risk is is fairly minimal. I mean, it, it, it is promising standalone adjunct treatment for depression. Supplementation of folate deficiencies is recommended by by several sources, and it's not been disavowed uh, by very many. I think one has has disavowed it, but they they are. Uh, you know, you just need to make sure once again that it's also been looked at that you consult with a physician because they want to be able to tell you if it's going to interact with the medication that they're currently prescribing. But also, folate can be a neuroprotectant, and there's been a lot of research around that that it is very helpful. You know, it does have some side effects, allergic reactions. Uh, they're 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 usually safe, usually not all the time. Uh, but with allergy reactions, some people may be allergic to folate. We're going to go into uh, ginkgo balboa. We're going to get into pain disorders, uh, anxiety and stress, and how some of that stuff can be treated, and uh, also sleeping disorders. Come back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. 
Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about mental health alternative uh, uh, supplementation medications. So ginkgo uh, biloba is an ancient Chinese herbal remedy that it's been shown to have significant neuroprotective effects, and, and it, that's confirmed by almost all sources. Um, there are some studies that are, are a little bit bigger, more major studies that take it down a little bit as far as how much and how effective it may be. But I think depending on the brand and the how they've manufactured the vitamin uh, or the supplement, uh, Gingo Biloba is very effective with uh, helping people. And it does not have a lot of interaction with other medications. So it's, it's um, you know, the people that have bleeding problems may have, uh, because it helps increase blood concentrations. Um, so if there, there may be some implications there. But um, until, you know, alternatives uh, to uh, ginkgo biloba is uh, SAMe, folate, omega-3s, CBP choline. Uh, and you may want to look into this. And once again, all of this stuff, before you start taking it, you always want to investigate on the Internet. It's so important. Um, and, and talk to your physician. It, it has uh, anticoagulant effects. So that's talking about the bleeding problems have not been noted in the studies by anybody. But it may increase, once again, blood concentrations of some drugs used for treating uh, hypertension. It also may affect insulin. It also may affect sugar levels, blood pressure, potential interactions with uh, SSRIs, which is an anti-psychotic uh, drugs, uh, have been noted. And, and so, you, you know, it, not all of this has been studied completely. So whenever you're taking a natural treatment, a natural sub- supplement, you really never know how it's going to interact with you. But there have been excellent safety records in all of the studies that have been shown except for the assumed possible risk of a hemorrhage in patients taking anticoagulants so you know if you're taking something for blood disorders or you're about to undergo surgery uh, ginkgo uh, biloba is not the best thing to be taking at that time kava is very helpful for mild anxiety and stress it has been shown in more than a dozen placebo-controlled studies to be effective with good, tolerable treatment for generalized anxiety, with some evidence uh, for stress, depression, and insomnia also. 
It is generally safe for short-term use, but in rare cases can cause catastrophic damage to the liver. Thus, its use is very controversial, and the sources are split uh, four to three on whether it should ever be recommended. So here's the mental health implications of kava. Seven sources confirm the beneficial uses of kava as a mild intoxicant and uh, analgestic for the treatment of generalized anxiety, for depression, stress, tension, agitation, agoraphobia, and specific other phobias, generalized anxiety disorder, adjustment disorder, menopausal symptoms, and insomnia. But there is a caution out there that, that you must take it modestly. You want, don't want to take it in big, strong doses because it's not been found effective for, uh, uh, for, for helping people that also take trilistic, uh, uh, tricyclics or SSRIs. You want to make sure that that is uh, coordinated with a prescribing prescrip- uh, um, uh, physician. Also, drug interactions. Uh, it's, it's, uh, there, it does interact with several drugs and medication, and it's really important to discuss this. You know, alcohol, other sedatives, muscle relaxants, dopamine, uh, antacetaminophen, uh, benzodiazepines, all of these interact, you know, taking kava with any of these sedatives or muscle relaxants uh, can uh, um, have an interaction that causes worse things to happen, which is like memory and uh, also it can enhance your anxiety if you're taking those type of things and interact with that. Also, psychotropics, anesthesia, it has a chemical properties that it may inhibit uh, your ability when you're taking a psychotropic or an anesthesia. So you do not want to take it, once again, prior to surgery. This is something that you definitely, definitely want to consult with your doctor on before you start taking it Um May, it also may interact with uh, anti-cancer and birth control drugs. So if you're dealing with cancer or if you're dealing with uh, uh, taking birth control, it may not be a good idea to take kava. And it also has some liver toxos- to, uh, to- toxicity. And the reason it has that is because it doesn't uh, metabolize out of the body very quickly. And it just sits down there in the liver. And if you're not a person that exercises, you're not going to get those toxins out of your liver. And it's just going to sit there and sit there and sit there and cause a whole lot of problems. Now, melatonin is really good for jet lag and sleep disorders. Now, the key with melatonin is, and if you really read the bottle, is you have to take it at night in the dark. You cannot add a lot of light after you take melatonin. And the reason is, is that this supplement is released by the brain when it's ready to go to sleep. And so if you're taking it then, that's good. But don't turn on the television and don't have a lot of light sources around because the brain will think it's daylight. And then it will not release the melatonin. It will metabolize it out of your body. So a lot of people take melatonin and then complain because they don't realize that they have to take it in the dark. And they have to use the brain's own mechanisms to make it work, which is to utilize melatonin in the dark while you're trying to seriously go to sleep. So people that have jet lag, people that have shift work adjustments, melatonin is very promising. And it's a, a neurohormone. And it's associated with sleep. And our brain makes lots of melatonin when we're little babies and little children. And as it, as it, uh, it disperses itself, 
as we're young. And then as we get older, the reason old people stay up until midnight and sleep three, four hours and they're just fine is because, well, they're not just fine. They're tired. But the deal is they can't sleep because they don't have a lot of melatonin. So we stop making it as we get older. So those adults with insomnia, it's a problem because you're just getting older and your brain's not manufacturing melatonin. So the supplement of melatonin is needed to assist you. However, if you take melatonin, you got to stay with it because the brain will stop making it and you will need the supplement to add it. So the deal is with melatonin, it's, it's a dual-edged sword. You want to continue with that melatonin seriously, but you have to take on the fact that your brain doesn't manufacture what it needs. So you may have to up and up and up and up the amount of melatonin you take. Also, uh, if you have a sleep latency, uh, which is a delay in falling asleep, uh, in older people especially, it's going to help you. Insomnia in the elderly, sleep disturbances in children with neuropsychiatric disorders, sleep enhancement in healthy people, it can be very helpful. Melatonin is very promising, especially for jet lag and many mild to moderate sleep disorders. And, and all other potential areas remain to be studied. So, you know, the risks appear to be manageable, but caution is appropriate since melatonin is commonly overconsumed and, uh, you know, absent testing, people should work up to a therapeutic dose. You know, um, there are some drug interactions, but there's not, it's not been uh, sufficiently studied. People that take alcohol, caffeine, and aspirin, may affect uh, their melatonin levels, uh, psychotropic drugs that uh, affect the uh, serotonin levels uh, might you know, alter the pattern of the melatonin production, and so that means it may not uh, have a good effect. And uh, valporic acid also could affect blood serum levels and melatonin. So you want to, once again, I keep saying it, go to your physician and talk to them about it. Don't just get on these things willy-nilly without talking to a physician. You don't want to have bad side effects with taking some of this stuff, knowing that it may interact with something else that you're being prescribed. You know, uh, omega-3 Essential fatty acids for mood stabilization, depression, enhance the effective of, of conventional antidepressants, and as a possible neuroprotectant. You know, omega-3, which is fatty acids, which is basically fish oil, is, is most commonly associated with fish oil. And usually it says it's fish oil in, in, uh, on the bottle. So if it says fish oil, you want to make sure it has omega-3 in there. So don't just buy fish oil. You want to make sure omega-3 is a part of it. You know, experts agree, and they include that omega-3 is a very healthy heart type of supplement. And it may be helpful in your mind as well. And the risk is very minimal. So for depression, you know, the prevalence of depression in society is inversely related to the society's consumption of fish. The, the more that people eat fish, the healthier they're, the population, and the, both physically and mentally. If you think about the healthiest people in the world, they are fish-based populations. And uh, studies have been split, uh, proving a link to between an individual's consumption of omega-3 and lowered depression. But all of the eight sources discuss omega-3, acknowledging that it's very promising evidence for it to be the treatment of depression. And five of those studies 
recommend omega-3 supplementation for depression directly and uh, bipolar disorder and adjunct use. The same five sources state that omega-3s have a mood stabilizing effect and help the short-term symptoms of bipolar and may be used as an adjunct to psychotropic medications, particularly antidepressants. You know, uh, other uh, other mental health conditions that it may be helpful for. Cognitive impairments such as dementia, um, perinatal and postpartum depression, schizophrenia, borderline personality disorder. Now, what is that? That's that's a person that lives like a devil's advocate. Once you align with one thing they say, they go to the other side. They make con. There's a, they're just life full of conflict. Is what a, a borderline personality disorder is. In attention deficit uh, disorder. Um, seasonal affective disorder. A lot of people get depressed around Christmas time and in the winter. You know, a violent Im- impulsive behavior can be helped. Uh, dyslexia, self-harm, childhood mood disorders. You know, the re- evidence is slim, but these are additional reasons to consider a heart-healthy diet. Omega-3 is a heart-healthy diet. Now, side effects. It all it may affect it may affect blood sugar levels. If you're concerned, you want to check with your doctor, and it may worsen low-density uh, lipoprotein. It's called LDL. It's it's called bad cholesterol, basically. It also may trigger a fish allergy because if you're allergic to fish, guess what? Taking omega-3 is fish, and so guess what? You may trigger that. And it also may elevate levels of vitamin A and vitamin D, and it also may cause uh, hypervitamosis, a, in rare cases where the fish liver oil is used in high doses. And it also side effects and drug interactions are the same as eating fish and appear to be totally minimal. So, you know, look at that. That is a, omega-3 is a wonderful, wonderful supplement for a person to take. Now, let's look at St. John's wort for mild to moderate depression. One of the most well-known studied treatments is St. John Wort is widely used throughout the U.S. and Europe to treat mild to moderate depression. Now, the mental health uh, uh, implications, St. John's Wort can help with depression. It is used extensively uh, by prescription in Germany where randomized studies have shown um, uh, St. John's Wort formula to be effective uh, for depression, so they use it actually as a prescription. Um, although many people use St. John's Wort as a long-term treatment, there's little evidence that long-term safety or efficacy of taking it. Once again, though, it does affect it does affect your skin. If you are out in the sun a lot, if you're a person that goes to water parks, then you're going to have your skin affected. It will help. It will assist in you getting burned skin from the sun. Many people. Um, um, also, other sources note that St. John's work can be useful treatment for a somatoform disorder. And what is that? That is uh, like a hypochondriac. That's somebody that has symptoms, but the doctor can never find what happened and how you got it. They don't understand it. So, Or a seasonal affective disorder, which is a seasonal type of depression. Now, it, it may trigger cycling in people with bipolar. Other common side effects include nausea, loose stools, sun sensitivity, and they are easily addressed by taking food with each dose you and using sunscreen. So, you know, you have to give a little to get a little here, folks. 
It's commonly taken. It's well-supported treatment for mild, moderate depression. It may have other benefits, but also uh, serious risks of, of drug interactions. So there may be some drug interactions. Once again, go to a prescribing physician before you decide to take a St. John's Wort. I hope this is helpful. I hope all this information is helpful to you. It took a long time to put all this together, but I got to tell you, some people are just so adverse to medications, and I don't blame you, that uh, it's always good to know what alternatives are out there. That's our show. Our next show is The Psychology of Identity Politics, Radicalizing America. I want to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. My email is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. Now remember, it's been been reported that chugging down one's own urine can cure illness such as hyperthyroidism. (laughs) Now remember also, stretch and beat therapy has become increasingly popular and it's reported to cure hundreds of of diseases. I'm not recommending either. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back.